business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, December 15th. Lake Ozark Police Chief Gary Launderville is retiring. His last day on the job will be December 30th. The community is invited to help send the chief off with a retirement party Tuesday, December 20th between 2.30 and 4. It's going to be at City Hall. There will be a special presentation at 3 o'clock. The city has not hired a new chief at this time. However, Mayor Dennis Newberry says they have received applications from several qualified candidates. A well-known powerboat racer pleads guilty in $300 million magazine fraud scheme. Rusty Ram entered a guilty plea last week on federal charges of conspiracy to commit mail fraud. Federal prosecutors say Ram was the ringleader in a conspiracy that involved 60 defendants and defrauded about 150,000 people over about $300 million, many of them elderly, and the scheme took place over 20 years. In the plea agreement, Ram agreed to forfeit more than $100,000 seized from multiple account and cash as well as real estate. The charges against him carry a penalty of up to 30 years in prison. A sentencing date has not yet been set. School of the Osage staff raised just over $5,000 for the Lake Area Idiots Club. The staff baked, built, and worked with local businesses to secure items and donations for the fundraiser. The Idiots Club, also known as the Jesters of Goodwill, is dedicated to helping area youth in need in the area. Well, this has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Central Ozarks Medical Center is conducting a winter coat drive to make sure everyone stays warm this winter. Donate any new, gently used, or freshly laundered jackets, coats, gloves, hats, scarves, and other winter wear at any COMC location in Richland, Camdenton, Osage Beach, Laurie, Eldon, or the Hub on the Strip. The coat drive ends December 30th, so please donate soon. For more information, ask to speak to a community health worker at 877-406-2662. Thank you for your kindness. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. The first game of the year on Lake TV tonight, high school basketball for sales at home to Smith Cotton. COMC pregame show comes your way right around 8 o'clock tonight again for sales at home to Smith Cotton next Monday night's game. Osage and Camdenton, the annual on-court rivalry between the Indians and the Lakers. That's all on Lake TV. College basketball Saturday, it'll be 9-1 Mizzou playing Central Florida in the Orange Bowl Classic. Of course, college football gearing up for the bowl games. College basketball having a part of that, too. MSU Bears 4-6. and six. They are busy at Oral Roberts tomorrow. The Bears trying to get their early season woes turned around. The Chiefs are 10-3 and three on the road to play Houston this week. The Chiefs coming off that ugly win over Denver. Their big two-touchdown favorites to beat the Texans this weekend, though. Mizzou will play their bowl game, the football team, 
game next Friday against Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. Of course, all the bowl games starting to come fast and furious. The New Year's Six Bowl games, Orange Bowl, it'll be Clemson and Tennessee, the Sugar Bowl, Alabama, K-State, Cotton Bowl, USC, Tulane, and the Rose Bowl this year, Penn State against Utah. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows. They're all greatness, including the high school basketball coaches show. Throughout the month of December, get uh, season previews from Ten different teams, uh, local teams, right there on Lake TV. And you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time, 24-7, at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. We're introducing something new on Key Radio called Ozark's Voices. Express yourself anytime on the air without commitments or radio skills. Just email billm at orioncenter.org and I'll contact you about recording anything from five minutes to a half hour. We can record by phone or in my office or you can record it and send it to me. It can be a monologue or a conversation, whatever works best for you. Then I'll produce it as part of an Ozarks Voices show on Key Radio. Any topic is fine. Hobbies, comments about lake happenings, conspiracy theories, or say hi to Grandma. I'll make sure you sound great. Send a message to billm at orioncenter.org. That's B-I-L-L-M at O-R-I-O-N-C-E-N-T-E-R dot org. And be a part of Ozark's Voices. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received.
part of the solution. Join the lake's only community radio station, 89.3, The Key. It is 808, and here we are on another beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks, and thank you so much for joining us. Ooh, a little on the chilly side. Chilly, chilly, chilly. 33 in Osage Beach, 31 in Camdenton. We are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors, and glad to have you with us this morning. 36, the expected high with some clouds. A few clouds in 27 tonight, back up to 33 for the high and partly cloudy tomorrow. Uh, Partly cloudy and 32 on Saturday, sunny and 40 on Sunday. Hot diggity. Mostly cloudy and 42 Monday, 32 and clouds on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, 31, or I'm sorry, 32 and cloudy. Oh, get this. Thursday's high Thursday of next week, the 22nd day of December. Partly cloudy and 14 degrees. Partly cloudy and 14 on Friday of next week. And on uh, Christmas Eve, how about partly cloudy and 16? Christmas Day right now looking at a high of 26 degrees and a mostly cloudy sky. Lake level at 657.58, river level at 551.99, 49 is the uh, current surface water temperature, 49 degrees at 809. Joined alongside by the one and only true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley. Hello, sir. Good morning. Great to have you with us. Good morning, Delta. Good morning, Patty. Good morning to all of you listening, David and Herb and Joe. And let's see who else is chiming in. Sean is with us, Greg, Jenny, a whole mess of uh, great folks checking us out on the uh, SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio Live camera. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Um, we want to thank all of you joining us on 89.3 as well as KeyRadio.Live. And if you're using those free phone apps for your iPhone and or your Android, thank you for joining us there as well. We start our conversation this morning with a good professor. Uh, did you know today, sir, is a Bill of Rights Day? Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, I am all for it. All ten of them. You know it? And the tenth one seems to be even more important than ever. This, uh, If it's not in the Constitution, then turn it back to the states. I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, it's observed on December the 15th in the United States. It's an important day to celebrate America's consti- Constitution and the framework of society that ascribes rights and freedoms to society. Bill of Rights Day commemorates the ratification of the first 10 amendments to the U.S. Constitution with the National Archives documenting its many celebrations of the day. The bill was introduced by James Madison, who later became the fourth president of the United States. Now the Bill of Rights is displayed in the rotunda of the National Archives building in Washington, D.C. as a reminder to all Americans of their constitutional freedoms. So there's a lot of those on there that we uh, are questioning today, uh, one of which is the Second Amendment, which, mm-hmm. they, oh, my gosh, we don't need that around anymore. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. Biden's got a new push to try and do away with assault weapons, you know. Define assault weapon. Go for know? that. Go for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Today also International Tea Day, National Cupcake Day, National Regifting Day. So if you uh, <clears throat> got something maybe last year, and you don't really utilize it, uh, well, pay it, pay it forward. Dig that fruitcake out again. <laughs> <laughs> Today is also a National Cat Herders Day. Uh, <laughs> although the only job remotely close to cat herding is working at your local animal shelter, this holiday is not dedicated to cats. This celebration is meant for those 
who can manage others and themselves no matter what chaos is thrown their way. The idiom, like uh, like herding cats, was popularized during a Super Bowl commercial in 2000 by EDS. The, um, the situation compared their ability to serve others like cowboys herding cats with ease. Since then, the uh, phrase is mostly, it says here, used to describe those who can lead and handle life even when it is uncomfortable. I know somebody like that. The term is also considered a skill worker's use when leading a group towards one's goal. I would be willing to bet you that half our listeners out there at work right now are saying, that is exactly what I'm doing, herding cats. It's just like herding cats. (laughs) So this morning, uh, we're going to kind of uh, do a bit of a follow-up. And uh, we talked about censorship last week. Right. Right. It was a very interesting and uh, informative conversation, a bit scary as well. Uh, today, you're going to kind of add to that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, I did the show last week, and I it kept sticking at the back of my mind. I thought, I remember <clears throat> doing some research years ago, talking about this whole idea of the government being involved in the media and I can remember, you know, uh, uh, thinking about Randolph Hearst when we were uh, involved in the Spanish-American War, and he said, you know, you bring me the pictures, I'll give you the war, and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. and I kept, it just kept nagging at me, and I thought, I've got to go back and, and see what that was about, you know. And, and sure enough, again, we are in the middle of another situation that is just parallels exactly with what happened in the past now and i'm talking about our buddy elon musk and the fact that uh, now all these little notes are coming out finding out that the government has been playing the puppeteer behind the scenes they've been you know jerking around the uh the social media people at you know at uh twitter and facebook and the rest of them and basically you know directing what they should and shouldn't say and i that's what kept sticking in my mind and i thought you know let's go back and look at that and sure enough here it is i'm going to share with you a story that you're probably going to sit there and think this can't be true and inevitably that's what i always find out is it you think it can't be true and and sure enough it's just as true as can be and I went back, and sure enough, I found the research, and there was an article in the Smithsonian Magazine, and it was written by a fellow by the name of Christopher Daly, and he talked about Woodrow Wilson's propaganda machine and how it changed journalism in the United States. So we're going to jump all the way back to 1917, folks, you know, and here it is, this this. Sit down, get ready, pour another cup of coffee. This is a dandy, all right? We today are feeling the impact of an executive order, that w- an executive order, bear in mind, that was written in 1917, okay, by Woodrow Wilson. And it was basically calling for the nation's first ministry of information. That ought to scare you right there. Now, the United States declared war on Germany 100 years ago. This is World War One. okay? And basically, the impact of us being involved in this conflict all of a sudden brought the media to the forefront. Now, it's interesting in the fact that the media back then was the newspapers and, you know, the radio. And that was about it. You didn't have all this, you know, instant news like we have today sitting there in your pocket on your cell phone, right? Now, when the U.S. declared war on Germany, 
this all of a sudden brings the government into this this whole media era and in its crusade to make the world safe for democracy don't you love that to make the world safe for democracy does that sound familiar right absolutely the wilson administration took immediate steps at home to curtail the one of the pillars of democracy and that's freedom of the press and they implemented a plan to control manipulate and censor all news coverage surely that could never happen in the united states right well this goes on a scale that you just can't even quite comprehend and people today are saying i can't believe these things are happening the fbi is involved in the cia and you know surely this could never happen here well guess what it happened all right and i mean it was right out there for everybody to see it's just a hundred years ago Now, following the lead of the Germans and the British, Wilson elevated propaganda and censorship to become strategic elements of the war effort. And even before the U.S. entered the war, Wilson had expressed the expectation that his fellow Americans would show what he considered loyalty. Now, immediately upon entering the war, the Wilson administration brought the most modern management techniques to bear in the area of government-press relations. All right. Now, Wilson started one of the earliest uses of government propaganda. He waged a campaign of intimidation and outright suppression against those ethnic and socialist papers that continued to oppose the war. All right. Taken together, these wartime measures added up to an unprecedented assault on freedom of the press. And I I found a really good quote here. All Americans have a stake in getting the truth in wartime. A warning from the World War I era widely attributed to Senator Hiram Johnson puts the issue just as simple as you can get it. He said, the first casualty when war comes is the truth. Think about that. All of the different conflicts that we've got going on right now. And he says the first casualty when one of these conflicts pops up is the truth. And and man, have we ever found that out, right? Mm. So within a week of Congress declaring war, April 13th, 1917, again, think about this, how long ago it was, 1917, Wilson issued an executive order. There it is again, those dang executive orders, right? And he issued this order creating a new federal agency that would put the government in the business of actively shaping press coverage. He had an executive order saying, your job is to shape the press coverage. Surely that wouldn't happen today. Now, that agency was the Committee on Public Information. That sounds, you know, benign enough. Don't worry about it, right? And this job was to, its job was to take on the task of explaining to millions of young men being drafted into military service and to the millions of other Americans who had so recently supported neutrality why they should support this war. Now, a thing that's kind of interesting here, KB, is you have to bear in mind, in World War One, you know, we're just coming of age. And really, in World War One. We became Walmart. We sold to everybody. We didn't care which side you're on. We're just making a fortune on this stuff, all right? But the big problem we had here in the United States is we're a nation of immigrants, and the immigrants then weren't all out out of Central and South America. The immigrants then were all out of Europe, and they were Germans. They were Irish. They were Italians. And, you know, the list goes on and on. But the two big groups, the two big powerful groups were Germans and Italians, 
All right, and those of you from St. Louis or Kansas City, you know you have had the ethnic neighborhoods that they had their own newspapers, a German sure. newspaper or an Italian newspaper. And so these guys are out there saying, wait a minute, you know, I don't want my tax dollars going to pay to, to pay to bomb grandma and grandpa in the home country, right? And so they've got a huge issue here with the press and trying to figure out how do we get people on board supporting a war that literally is going to be bombing the the grandparents and parents in some cases of the, some of the citizens here who vote. So this is a, a, a sticky wicket, to say the least. Absolutely, yeah. And so what we see happen here is this Committee of Public Information, their job is to try and get people on board. And what they did is they created this this committee of public information. It was actually referred to as the Creel Committee because it was named after the leader of this group, a fellow by the name of George Creel. And he'd been a journalist before the war. He actually uh, worked for the Kansas City newspaper in a couple of different places. And uh, anyhow, he, he's one of these guys, you know, an idea guy, if you will. And he comes up with a way to do this. Now, from the very start, this Committee of Public Information was, uh, and I, you know, everybody wanted to work there because naturally you're going to have the government power behind you. And so all these different journalists and everybody are jumping on board and saying, yeah, I want to I get involved in this so we can manipulate the press and see how we want to do things. Now, <clears throat> what happened is at the time, most Americans got their news through newspapers. That was the big thing. And, you know, in, in, in my early days, that, that's where we got our information. You know, you had the Huntley Brinkley and Walter Cronkite, but uh, most of the news, it was that daily paper that showed up on your doorstep. And that's where people got all the all the news that was worth worth reading, right? So basically, these newspapers were the first target. And then, you know, we saw radio come to the forefront, and that became part of it as well. Think about this, folks. In New York City, there were nearly two dozen daily newspapers, okay? Uh, those were the ones that were in English. You also had newspapers that were written in Italian and were in, in German or whatever, uh, you know, ethnic group that they catered to, all right? Now, starting from scratch, Creel, the leader of this group, organized the Committee for Public Information, the CPI, into several divisions and used a full array of communications. Now, this one will set you back in your chair, KB. And this is, you know, back in those days, you and I might have had a job here. This is, this is, this is an opportunity we could have had. They had something called the Speaking Division. Now, they recruited 75,000 speakers. 75,000 of them, all right? And basically what these guys did is they became known as the four-minute men, okay? And the reason why is their ability was to lay out Wilson's war aims in a four-minute speech. And so they dispersed these 75,000 people out across the nation, and they would show up at movie theaters and your Elks Club or wherever it was, and they would come in at the beginning of almost every public function and give a four-minute speech on the war efforts and what was going on. So think of them as, as uh, as the Twitter and Facebook of the time. They didn't have it, but instead they just had 75,000 guys would go out and give you a four-minute speech. Wow. It? I mean, and, and I, that was what stuck in my head. When I saw that, I thought, okay, there it is. That's, that's the article I was looking for. And, and it is. It's amazing. Can you imagine today 
Well, I guess you can. They have 75,000 speakers go out and promote the the current administration's agenda. Now you don't have to because you've got Twitter. It's called the IRS, and they're armed. <laughs> there you go. Another good point, yeah. So, you know, you sit there and you think about that. You know, this was a huge effort by the government. Then they also had a film division that produced newsreels intended to rally support by showing images in movie theaters that emphasized the heroism of the Allies and the barbarism of the Germans. And the foreign language newspaper division kept an eye on the hundreds of weekly and daily newspapers that were published in in different languages. So bottom line is it's not going to escape. You're, no matter what you do, the government's going to have their hand in the propaganda that's being fed to the people on a daily basis. Now, another CPI unit uh, secured free advertising space in American publica- publications to promote campaigns aimed at selling war bonds and recruiting soldiers and so on and so forth. And some of the advertising showed off the work of another unit in the CPI, the the, the um, Public Information Group. And the Division of Pictorial Publicity was led by a group of volunteer artists and illustrators, and their input, input included some of the most enduring images of the period including the portrait by James Montgomery Flagg of a vigorous Uncle Sam saying, I want you for the U.S. Army. You know, the Uncle Sam image that you see, that was part of this same thing. It was, you know, people would see this, and it was plastered everywhere, on every street corner, everywhere. It's it's a recruiting poster, and it's showing Uncle Sam out there, you know, let's go, let's destroy the evil Huns, etc. So they were using both the, 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 the... the audio and the visual media to turn around and sway the 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 position of the people in in the country in, in this war you know and and like i say we sit there today and and i get such a kick out of out of listening to these people saying my god can they do that you know it's unheard of you know and we're going to have hearings and we're going to do all these things no, you know, we've done it before, and it was all done with an executive order. It's the exact same thing, folks, you know. Like I say, it, it never ceases to amaze me. Almost any topic we can come up with, I can go back and find where we did it before, and here we are, we're doing it again. It's just, it, it's, it's just beyond comprehension. Now, they wound up having other ads showing the Huns with blood dripping from their pointed teeth and hinting that Germans were guilty of bestial attacks on defenseless women and children. And basically, you know, they said that one of the posters said, such a civilization is not fit to live. Now, Creel denied that his committee's work amounted to propaganda, but he acknowledged that he was engaging in a battle of perceptions. It's not propaganda, folks. Okay, so when the government is manipulating the media, it's not, it's not, you guys are looking at it wrong. It's not propaganda. We're just simply, uh, you know, trying to get you guys to have a little bit different perspective on how things are really going on in the world. (laughs) It is. You sit there and you go back and you look at this stuff and you think, oh my God, right? Here we are. Now, bear in mind, the war wasn't fought in France alone. And Creel said that in 1920, after it was all over, describing his his group, this public information group, as a plain pu- publicity proposition, a vast enterprise of salesmanship, and the world's greatest uh, adventure in advertising. 
so they the government was looking at this just like salesmanship you know we'll just we'll just tell the people this is where we need to go and this is what we need to do and it's it's an advertising deal you know so get out there and you know push our push our agenda mm. if you will now for most journalists the bulk of their contact with the CPI was through its news division which became a veritable engine of propaganda and basically in the brief year and a half of its existence, this thing only lasted for a year and a half, folks. You know, and after the war, everybody's like, wait a minute, you know, we, do we really want to keep doing this, right? In the brief year and a half it existed, the CPI's news division set out to shape the coverage of the war in U.S. newspapers and magazines. And one t- technique was to bury journalists in paper. Now, I love this one. Uh, this Now, tell me this isn't exactly what's happening now. They created and distributed 6,000 press releases on average every day. So, in other words, we'll just inundate the media, all right? And how many times have you and I sat here at this table and said, whatever happened to, like, the Syrian civil war or to, you know, what's happening over here in Afghanistan? I guess those guys, the Taliban, all went away or whatever. And, and what they do is that's the big thing at the time, and then the next big issue comes up, and it will throw everything there. Oh, Elon Musk, Elon Musk. And so, you know, they're dumping just tons and tons of sound bites on the media, mm-hmm. so that becomes the number one thing again. Right. And so, you know, like I say, they're not doing anything new. You know, they're they're going back and looking at what worked a hundred years ago. Well, Bitcoin seems to be the oh, uh, media darling right now. Exactly. Or, or, you know, or where this is all headed. And uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't have any Bitcoin. Do you? You I, know, I have a bit of coin, <laughs> but not any Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect yeah so you know i mean it, it is it's it, again you know dangle something over here and let everybody look at it and that'll get them all off the other subjects and you mentioned the syrian civil war what is going on over there anything yeah, at all yeah, you know yeah, it, a little bit of this a little, yeah, bit, a little of bit of that yeah. you know yeah if you're living there i imagine you know yeah <laughs> maybe that's what we should do place yeah. a phone call really just about 8.30, we're going to take the opportunity to uh, use this as a jumping-off point. We'll jump back on. After our information break, Stacy Johnson with a check of local news through lakeexpo.com. And we'll also hear from Chris Schneider and Lake TV with a check of sports, plus uh, a whole mess of good stuff. I want to just personally thank everyone for submitting the public service announcements. Uh, we've got a lot of different things going on around the holidays. And uh, Bill Munhausen has been on it, and we've got uh, a lot of different things you're going to be hearing about. Uh, so make sure you listen to the information break at the bottom of the hour. What we could really use is some sponsors uh, to uh, donate some, uh, make that tax-deductible donation to Key Radio to help keep us on the air and keep getting this uh, very important information out there. It is 8.30 on the Midwest Coast. We'll do uh, this, come back and talk more with the true history professor, Jim Paisley, on The Daily Show. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, December 15th. Lake Ozark Police Chief Gary Launderville is retiring. His last day on the job will be December 30th. The community is invited to help send the chief off with a retirement party Tuesday, December 20th between 2.30 and 4. It's going to be at City Hall. There will be a special presentation at 3 o'clock. The city has not hired a new chief at this time. However, Mayor Dennis Newberry says they have received applications from several qualified candidates. 
A well-known Powerboat racer pleads guilty in $300 million magazine fraud scheme. Rusty Ram entered a guilty plea last week on federal charges of conspiracy to commit mail fraud. Federal prosecutors say Ram was the ringleader in a conspiracy that involved 60 defendants and defrauded about 150,000 people over about $300 million, many of them elderly, and the scheme took place over 20 years. In the plea agreement, Ram agreed to forfeit more than $100,000 seized from multiple account and cash as well as real estate. The charges against him carry a penalty of up to 30 years in prison. A sentencing date has not yet been set. School of the Osage staff raised just over $5,000 for the Lake Area Idiots Club. The staff baked, built, and worked with local businesses to secure items and donations for the fundraiser. The Idiots Club, also known as the Jesters of Goodwill, is dedicated to helping area youth in need in the area. Well, this has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Two fun events benefiting the Osage Beach Senior Center at 5709A Osage Beach Parkway. German feast with brats and pulled pork and red cabbage and a holiday market from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. December 14th. Then on December 20th, same hours, a Christmas lunch and bake sale with door prizes, ugly sweater contest, Christmas music, and fun. Suggested donation for lunch both days, $5 for seniors and $7 under age 60. Show the Senior Center some love and enjoy the holiday spirit. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. The first game of the year on Lake TV tonight, high school basketball for sales at home to Smith Cotton. COMC pregame show comes your way right around 8 o'clock tonight again for sales at home to Smith Cotton next Monday night's game. Osage and Camdenton, the annual on-court rivalry between the Indians and the Lakers. That's all on Lake TV. College basketball Saturday, it'll be 9-1 Mizzou playing Central Florida in the Orange Bowl Classic. Of course, college football gearing up for the bowl games. College basketball having a part of that, too. MSU Bears 4-6. They are busy at Oral Roberts tomorrow. The Bears trying to get their early season woes turned around. The Chiefs are 10-3 on the road to play Houston this week. The Chiefs coming off that ugly win over Denver. Their big two-touchdown favorites to beat the Texans this week. Again, though, Mizzou will play their bowl game, the football team, next Friday against Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. Of course, all the bowl games starting to come fast and furious. The New Year's six bowl games, Orange Bowl, it'll be Clemson and Tennessee, the Sugar Bowl, Alabama, K-State, Cotton Bowl, USC, Tulane, and the Rose Bowl this year, Penn State against Utah. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area shows. They're all greatness, including the high school basketball coaches show. Throughout the month of December, get uh, season previews from 10 different teams, uh, local teams, right there on Lake TV. And you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time, 24-7, at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. 
You can help victims of violence while earning a 70% tax credit for donations of $100 or more. Citizens Against Domestic Violence provides safe shelter and advocacy for victims of domestic violence. Start by making a donation to CADV and they'll send you a no-obligation application describing the tax credit opportunity. Your giving is for an important cause serving survivors of domestic violence with shelter, legal advocacy, support groups, and more. Contact CADV at P.O. Box 245 Camdenton or email info at cadv-voc.org or call 888-809-7233. You can make a difference. Start 2023 outright. Learn evidence-based health and wellness, conflict resolution, tools, and accomplish peace. Learn growth mindsets. Learn to take action and be accountable. Learn to grow from life's challenges. You'll hear six speakers, three virtual and three in person. You'll receive a Scrum Master eBook, Encompass Purpose 2.0 book, gift certificate for complimentary coaching, peace fire and two fire training, be beverages and finger foods, all for $49 on January 19th from 1 to 4.30 at Encompass Purpose in Max Creek. To reserve your spot, please call 573-286-5625 or email at encompasspurpose at gmail.com. I'm Bill Mundhausen for Creation Expo. Did God create us to have free will, or are all our choices predetermined? Are we just pawns in a cosmic game, or do our thoughts and actions matter? It's one of those questions we have regarding an all-powerful God. To answer it, I'll quote one of my favorite passages from Deuteronomy chapter 30. It reads, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you might thrive. We're not just playthings for God's entertainment. He wants us to understand the choices before us and to decide to follow him for our own well-being. The question is what believers ought to believe. The world wants to tell us we're victims, that the difficulties we face are because of how we were raised or because of our social status. These may be good excuses, but they don't help us live life to the full. God gives us infinite choices. Choose purposefully. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board, community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Right back here at 838. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. We're so glad to have you with us this morning. And a great way to get your Thursday started is with some history from the True History Professor, Professor Jim Paisley, who is uh, joining us on uh, on a Thursday. Uh, I was out yesterday, so we had Ike on Tuesday. Mindy is uh, on assignment, so we thought we'd bring the good professor in on uh, this Thursday morning to enlighten you with some history. And I hope, by golly, that you take the opportunity to uh, listen closely. And uh, remember, folks, a lot of things that are happening today have happened at some point, and how easily people forget. I'm sure people back then didn't even give it a second thought. Uh, Again, with the fact that we get our news, we get our technology a lot faster today, uh, through the use of technology, rather, 
And so the 24-hour news cycle is always uh, going crazy. Wish every once in a while it would throw a, throw a rod, break a piston, whatever. 33 degrees now in Osage Beach, 32 in Camden. And it looks like we're going to hit a high today of around 36 with overcast conditions, uh, 27 tonight with a partly cloudy sky. So it's going to be cold, folks. We won't see anything that uh, is relatively decent until about Sunday, maybe, if you want to consider that. Sunday's high of 41, Monday's high of 43. We'll actually get down in the teens just prior to uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, actually, teens on Christmas Eve, 17 for the high on Christmas Eve at this point. Mm -mm. 26 on Christmas Day. Going to take a little run up and see Mom on Christmas Eve, and she's excited. And and for those of you who are wondering, uh, my mom had a had a, had 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 to undergo a biopsy. Uh, it was last week, and uh, she came through with flying colors. Yeah, yeah, good. So good, it was a good. lot of it was it was a load off her plate, and I could tell. Uh, well, I'll I'll share the story later because we've got uh, more pressing. Uh, things to accomplish here in this hour, and let's talk more about Woodrow Wilson and uh, this uh, public information group that uh, he sent out to um, literally canvas the country with the information that the government wants you to hear. Now, when you think of things like this, you think of things obviously like, I don't know, maybe Russia, Mm -hmm. the USSR, when Mm -hmm. they were, you know. But I think, and, and the first thought that came to mind with me was, when you start telling, you know, people what to say, how much further down the road do we have to go before we start telling people what to think and mm-hmm. not to think? Absolutely. And the thought police. And I've got a little little uh, a bit here. Sure. Uh, but we'll play that maybe a little bit later on because obviously you've prepared uh, notes for the program. And I think the listeners are, are, are probably, and we've got a lot of them this morning, so thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks. But uh, at 8.41, let's pick up where we uh, left off before we jumped into our break. Okay. Well, just real quick, you know, uh, I found another great article, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on a site called ThoughtCo, uh, T-H-O-U-G-H-T-C-O.com. And they've got a lot of really good articles on there. And, and this one was by a fellow by the name of Robert McNamara. And basically, you know, he says the same thing we've just been talking about. He said that this Committee of Public Information was a government agency created during World War One simply to influence the public opinion. And I, I mean, just as cut and dried as it can be. And again, I find it fascinating that it was an executive order, KB. You know, these executive orders are, are just, you know, a, a really unique way for the president to kind of you know, run an end around, if you will, on Congress. Because you're not going to get Congress to pass something like this. Executive orders remind me of uh, Kleenex when you have a cold. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're just rolling them out. Right. Blowing exactly. your nose all the time. Exactly. So here we've created a propaganda arm of the federal government, okay? And... Again, like I say, what was fascinating about this was the fact that the rationale for creating this thing it, uh, was rooted in controversies that started all the way back in 1916. People were afraid uh, that we were getting too much involved in this European conflict, and they were scared to death of suspected spies and saboteurs here in America. And and once this propaganda thing gets rolling and rolls through World War One, even though it gets disbanded at the end of the the war 
the thing is, is the government, you know how that is. Well, we're not doing that anymore. Uh-huh, right? Well, you know, it wasn't long after that you had the Great Red Scare and the Palmer Raids, you know, where they're out there hunting down all these evil, you know, communists that are, are infiltrated. Alleged. Their, alleged, yes, you know. And, I mean, so you can see, you know, giving the government a little bit of power and the ability to pull something like this off scary stuff what's interesting because we're living that again in history as well when you are not a fan of popular opinion say yes you're anti-covid vaccine you're anti-mask uh they try to shut you down as quickly as possible exactly and then they do it by you know putting labels on on, on people or they're a conspiracy theorist or these people uh the documentary I'm tr- still trying to get a hold of these folks to to set up an interview about this. Died suddenly, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you look on when you when you you know search that on Google or wherever. Oh my goodness, yes. It comes up as you know a, another conspiracy theory. Uh, you know it's been debunked by so many people. Right. Uh, it has no. Uh, it's it, you know it's not validated. It's not. Uh, it, it's all just you know there's somebody out there just trying to create something that just doesn't exist exactly you know, it's all misinformation exactly you know and and yeah that's a great point it ties back even to the what was it there were the 75 doctors that came out and and you know we're saying that this whole thing needs so we need to stop we need to look at this vaccine and what's happening and and then all of a sudden they're all banned yeah. you know everything disinformation right so you've got two doctors and they go through medical school mm-hmm. together mm-hmm and they graduate and maybe they both let's say they both graduate towards the top of their class mm-hmm. one's for the vaccine the others against the vaccine so then the one who's against the vaccine do you discredit this person because they're not that smart or they don't know what they're talking about because the two that graduated together and and then you've got the you know pro covid vaccine guy over here and everybody loves him they're louding right. and, and and so on and so forth and I mean, they're they're both smart, intelligent people, but they have different views on a, partip- a particular topic. Right. So you're promoting one, and you're putting down the other. And it, the one view doesn't fit with what the Committee for Public Information feels needs to be said out sure. there. It, it is. It's just it, it, when you look at this and you go back and, and realize, uh, you know, how this whole system works – you know, set aside the fact that this was originally set up for World War One. Look how many times throughout history we've seen our government have such a tremendous influence on, you know, the war in Iraq, uh, China, Russia. You know, the Russia Gate thing. All it just when you when you go back and look at the history and then look at at what's happening today, when people come out on the news and say, "Well, no, this couldn't possibly happen here." Yes, it can happen here. It's been happening here. You know, you can't deny it. I mean, this is this is all a matter of, matter of public record. You know, I'm no guru. It wasn't that hard to dig all this information up. And you go back and you start looking at what this fella George Creel was able to do when the government gave him the power. It is just enough to make you kind of set back in your seat a little bit. Now, basically, they even came out and said that 
in, in a front page story on April the 15th of 1917, the New York Times reported that there were, they had this committee that had been set up. They told the people they're doing it. They said it's made up of three cabinet secretaries uh, and, and, you know, basically that these guys had sent a letter to the president, which, you know, basically made it public. And in the letter, the three officials said the Americans' great present needs are confidence, enthusiasm, and service. So we want to create this committee of public information that, you know, we're going to get everybody in the loop and share with them, you know, why we're doing this and what needs to be done. Okay. Now, what killed me about it is in that same letter that was in the newspaper, it said, while there is much, uh, much that is properly secret in connection with the departments of the government, the total is small compared to the vast amounts of information that is right and proper for the people to have. The government's going to decide that, okay? The letter also put forth the idea that two functions identified as censorship and publicity could happily coexist. And they let everybody know, don't worry, George Creel would be the head of the committee, and he would be in charge of censorship, what goes out and what doesn't. Now, you know... The rest of the world, every, every common Joe Blow on the street has no idea who George Creel is. Mm-hmm. But there it is. It's in the New York Times. Well, the government put George Creel in charge. He's he's gonna he's gonna give us the straight poop on everything that's going on. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and he is on the government payroll. Okay, so I mean, it's just absolutely beyond my my comprehension. Now you sit there and you think, okay, you know, remember I told you about these speakers that went out, and they're out there. You know, giving the propaganda speeches and they're talking about the evil Germans and, you know, all this atrocities that are taking taking place. I mean, and some of the stuff was just bizarre. They would say, like, uh, they were taking the the dead uh, allied soldiers off the battlefields the Germans were and they were grinding them up and using them for fertilizer in the fields in Germany. You know, pure garbage. No truth to it, but there it is. It's on the front page of every newspaper. So what kind of evil, evil, you know, lowlifes are we dealing with here? We have to do this sort of thing. And so the propaganda worked. Now, one writer, a fellow by the name of Raymond Fosdick, he uh, reported seeing a church congregation cheer as a, after a speaker described German atrocities and called the German lead, leader, Kaiser Wilhelm, to be boiled in oil. All right. So these four-minute guys are there giving these speeches, and afterwards, the church congregation is ready to boil the leader of Germany in oil. All right. And they distributed all these printed materials. I mean, it was just a full-blown propaganda campaign, fully subsidized by the federal government. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's beyond comprehension. Okay. Now, uh, Creel, for his part, was, you know, known for having a bad temper and often put himself into controversies. Uh, and he really he's one of these guys that would go before Congress and they'd ask questions. And he would just basically say, I don't give a damn what you think. I'm I'm in charge. The president's put me in charge. And he'd go about his business. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you've got a got a very powerful group here. When you wield the, the media, you have just unbelievable amount of power much more power really than the military has when you can influence the people the way these guys did now even teddy roosevelt later on came back and said he criticized this cpi thing he said uh, he claimed that the agency had been trying to punish newspapers which had supported you know had had uh, supported america staying out of the war 
Okay, so he's saying, folks, you're being fed a line here, okay? Uh, critics believe that the uh, booklets and everything that the CPI sent out, such as German war practices, were simply incitements trying to get people stirred up. But George Creel and other defenders of the CPI pointed out that private groups were also distributing propaganda. So it's not just us, okay? And so basically there's no doubt that Creel and his people had a huge impact. And even though it came in for much criticism after the war, when it became clear that the information was manipulated, people just kind of looked the other way and said, well, it worked, okay? Uh, so, folks, having told you the story about George Creel and the Committee for Public Information, we have to go full circle all the way back to today. And I have to ask you listeners out there, do you see any similarities between the recent revelations of government involvement in in censoring the media and in in particular the social media and you know what we saw back then it's the same thing folks yeah i came up with all kinds of them while you were sitting here talking one of which was a comparison of world war ii versus vietnam Mm -hmm. when you saw you went to the theater and you paid your nickel to spend i don't know how many hours there a day watching everything and then Mm -hmm. the, the, the 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 feature uh, whatever the feature presentation was, they had those little, what were they called, movie reel mm-hmm. or news reel yeah, or something news along reel. those lines. Yeah. And you would always see, you know, how positively the government promoted the war because they wanted everybody behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd see various stars that were going over there, like, uh, was it Joe Brown? Mm-hmm. I think that was his name. Yeah. Uh, you know, and how he's promoting, you know, the need to donate blood and the do- the need to, oh, uh, yeah. to ration and then he's over there with the troops and, you know, various other ones that uh, at the time went over to visit the troops and things like that. And the war effort was going well and we never had any problems or issues. And then you find out about everything after the fact. Mm-hmm. So then <clears throat> when the media started embedding journalists with uh, in the Vietnam War with the troops as they were going around and people were actually seeing what was happening, the government must have been having a stroke. Mm-hmm. People in the, you know, uh, the, the the generals, you mentioned McNamara and some of the others. Mm-hmm. But now that this was a different Robert McNamara. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, there's a good, there's a good uh, uh, example of how you influence people's opinion on the war. Because obviously we know that what people saw on the news as far as the Vietnam War was concerned, that's where you came up with baby killers and, uh, you know, the troops getting spit on when they came home and things along those lines. And here more recently, someone who is trying, in my opinion, to be an arm of the government is Stacey Abrams, who mm-hmm. wants to be a member of the Federal Communications Commission. She wants to mm-hmm. be on the, 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 the panel, the board, the committee of the FCC, and she's been petitioning the White House. Now, for folks who don't know, Stacey Abrams obviously uh, had a couple of failed attempts running for, for government in mm-hmm. um, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so she has been petitioning the White House, and if the White House were to give her uh, some sort of leeway or uh, find a way to put her on the FCC, make her uh, a part of that, uh, I think in uh, reality they would expect her then sure. to do their bidding. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so you've got somebody who may be put in a position to go after radio stations like this or conservative-based talk radio stations to try to shut them up and say all these people are doing is spreading misinformation. Right. What comes from the government is a God's honest truth. Anything else 
is conspiracy theories or is, uh, you know, nonsense. Well, KB, you hit, hit the nail on the head, too, in that embedding the reporters. Um, in World War One, one of the things I failed to mention is this Committee for Public Information had strict orders that no reporters were allowed to visit the Pentagon, to go to the front, mm-hmm. to interview anybody. That did not happen. Right. I mean, they had complete control. So everything you knew about World War One was coming through the government. Uh, all the all the reports from the field uh, it, during the war came through the government first. And you make such a great point in that you know there was was an attempt to try and share information uh, from the battlefield in World War Two, and they realized you know uh, that's not not uh, you know the best thing in the world, and they still manipulated, had a lot of control. But when they got to Vietnam. You're right. When they put these guys on the ground, when they were out there in the field, now all of a sudden, you know, you're getting one story on the national news, but then all of a sudden, here come these reports from these guys that are in the field watching, you know, the the, the tremendous, horrendous uh, atrocities that are taking place, uh, you know, for for both sides. It was just unbelievable. And now when you're getting that brought to your living room, the government is saying, oh, good grief, we're going to lose control of this. Mm-hmm. You know? And they did. Yeah. And <laughs> so, you know, again, you got to step back, folks. And when you're watching your nightly news and watching these reports that are coming across your social media, you've got to take all this with a grain of salt and go find out where it's coming from. Lester Holt on uh, NBC Nightly News did a uh, retrospective with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I found that to be so very one-sided. Absolutely. And he asked him, I guess, uh, on one instance, I guess, when he was brought before a committee, how one of the committee members treated him and talked to him. And he said, well, you know, that really upset me. But overall, you know, I got through it and life goes on and so on and so forth. And they made this guy out to be like a a darling. Yeah. History is is written by the winners. Yeah. You know. (laughs) And real quick, I wanted to talk about something that Herb sent. Sure. Um, uh, About the vindication of Joseph McCarthy. And there's no doubt that probably some of the things that they were doing were vindicated. Were, mm-hmm. were actually, you know, that's the way it was. The, the problem was is no one wanted to even slightly be associated with, and, and maybe some folks didn't, didn't care, um, but there were a lot of people who didn't want to be associated with the Red Scare. Absolutely. Because of how it would affect their careers. Oh, especially in Hollywood. Exactly. There were people that got, uh, you know, just blackballed, and that was the end of them. Uh, your lovely bride sent this this morning. Dr. John Keene was a photographer in Vietnam. Yes, he was. I mean, yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, yeah, that's what he did. He uh, he helped to document the war effort there. Uh, and boy, he had some great stories. He was he was a fascinating individual. He he served in Vietnam and uh, was right out there, uh, you know, taking pictures of the whole thing. Yeah. That had to be amazing. That had to be amazing to be on the front lines or something like that. And, of course, if you watch that movie Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's kind of what this guy was doing. Uh, he was uh, out there taking pictures, and some things they would okay, and other things they would say no. And another good example of that is Good Morning Vietnam. Mm-hmm. While it was, you know, it had its funny, right. funny parts, it also sent a message. It sent a message of what the government versus the media, and you had the three guys... 
that looked the same, and they would do the rip and read, and they would, yeah. you know, take the red, uh, red uh, charcoal <laughs> yeah. pencil, and they would go through uh, what you couldn't read, and uh, every, you know, and then Robin Williams decided when he was playing the part of Adrian Cronauer yeah. to read something, and they basically just walked in there and shut him down, right? Literally shut the power exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah, and that well, you know, that was fascinating. Uh, Doctor Keeney shared a lot of the photos he had, and you know, having you know lived through that age and watched what we saw in the news versus what he had uh you know to bring home you know exactly just what was really happening and how how hard it was for those troops and and the hardships they were going through uh you never saw that on the news you know the the national news was oh yeah we're doing great no problems at all and then you you get to see what was really happening behind the scenes it was it was a whole different story the one thing that uh, sticks out in my mind from good morning uh, vietnam was the bar that blew up was it Jimmy Waz or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. and that was completely and totally off, mm-hmm. off the off the scale. You could not talk about it at all. It was uh, you know out of bounds. You know you could not say anything about it, and that's where Robin Williams crossed the right. line as Adrian Cronauer. Yeah, and then I think you know eventually kind of went downhill after that. Yeah, nine o'clock on the Midwest Coast. What a great hour, man! Oh, it was fun, and it just flies by. Yeah, and we'll see you back here at your regular time next Wednesday. Yeah, you want to do some Christmas stuff next week? If that's what you feel like doing, man, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you touch turns to gold. Everybody's out there buying Christmas presents. We'll talk about that. Yeah. You know why? Why do you do that? Yeah, yeah. I will do a little Christmas. How that be? We'll get you in the holiday mood. Yes, we will. And and maybe you're already in the the mood, or you were in the mood, and you're past that now. Well, I'm out of money, so we're done with Christmas. I was just going to say, <laughs> you, every time you stick that credit card in the little machine, it doesn't say, uh, you know, decline. It just shoots it right back That's out exactly at you. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jim. <laughs> you bet, buddy. Thanks Folks, for uh, stick around. We have got the educated redneck, Danny Ellison, coming up at 910. As a matter of fact, Danny will be in the studio with me next Tuesday for an hour, maybe two. Uh, he's going to be cruising back from his uh, his jaunt out uh, west, and we'll find out where he's at today and turn him loose and let him do some ranting and raving. Right now, we've got uh, local information from Stacy Johnson and LakeExpo.com, a check of sports, Chris Schneider and Lake TV, and we've got you listening to us. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, share our live video stream if you wouldn't mind. And let's uh, let's see who we can get on board here this morning. Uh, and on that live video stream, the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live cam, uh, you can uh, leave your comments. So uh, tell us hello, tell us where you're listening, and uh, let us know what's going on. We certainly appreciate it. Business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, December 15th. Lake Ozark Police Chief Gary Launderville is retiring. His last day on the job will be December 30th. The community is invited to help send the chief off with a retirement party Tuesday, December 20th. Between 2.30 and 4, it's going to be at City Hall. There will be a special presentation at 3 o'clock. The city has not hired a new chief at this time. However, Mayor Dennis Newberry says they have received applications from several qualified candidates. 
A well-known Powerboat racer pleads guilty in $300 million magazine fraud scheme. Rusty Ram entered a guilty plea last week on federal charges of conspiracy to commit mail fraud. Federal prosecutors say Ram was the ringleader in a conspiracy that involved 60 defendants and defrauded about 150,000 people over about $300 million, many of them elderly, and the scheme took place over 20 years. In the plea agreement, Ram agreed to forfeit more than $100,000 seized from multiple account and cash as well as real estate. The charges against him carry a penalty of up to 30 years in prison. A sentencing date has not yet been set. School of the Osage staff raised just over $5,000 for the Lake Area Idiots Club. The staff baked, built, and worked with local businesses to secure items and donations for the fundraiser. The Idiots Club, also known as the Jesters of Goodwill, is dedicated to helping area youth in need in the area. Well, this has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Central Ozarks Medical Center is conducting a winter coat drive to make sure everyone stays warm this winter. Donate any new, gently used, or freshly laundered jackets, coats, gloves, hats, scarves, and other winter wear at any COMC location in Richland, Camdenton, Osage Beach, Laurie, Eldon, or the Hub on the Strip. The coat drive ends December 30th, so please donate soon. For more information, ask to speak to a community health worker at 877-406-2662. Thank you for your kindness. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. The first game of the year on Lake TV tonight, high school basketball for sales at home to Smith Cotton. COMC pregame show comes your way right around 8 o'clock tonight again for sales at home to Smith Cotton next Monday night's game. Osage and Camdenton, the annual on-court rivalry between the Indians and the Lakers. That's all on Lake TV. College basketball Ball Saturday, it'll be 9-1 Mizzou playing Central Florida in the Orange Bowl Classic. Of course, college football gearing up for the bowl games. College basketball having a part of that, too. MSU Bears 4-6. and six. They are busy at Oral Roberts tomorrow. The Bears trying to get their early season woes turned around. The Chiefs are 10-3 and three on the road to play Houston this week. The Chiefs coming off that ugly win over Denver. Their big two-touchdown favorites to beat the Texans this week. Again, though, Mizzou will play their bowl game, the football team, next Friday against Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. Of course, all the bowl games starting to come fast and furious. The New Year's Six Bowl games, Orange Bowl, it'll be Clemson and Tennessee, the Sugar Bowl, Alabama, K-State, Cotton Bowl, USC, Tulane, and the Rose Bowl this year, Penn State against Utah. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local Lake Area Area shows. They're all greatness, including the high school basketball coaches show throughout the month of December. Get uh, season previews from 10 different teams, uh, local teams, right there on Lake TV. And you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time, 24-7, at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. 
We're introducing something new on Key Radio called Ozark's Voices. Express yourself anytime on the air without commitments or radio skills. Just email billm at orioncenter.org and I'll contact you about recording anything from five minutes to a half hour. We can record by phone or in my office or you can record it and send it to me. It can be a monologue or a conversation, whatever works best for you. Then I'll produce it as part of an Ozarks Voices show on Key Radio. Any topic is fine. Hobbies, comments about lake happenings, conspiracy theories, or say hi to Grandma. I'll make sure you sound great. Send a message to billm at orioncenter.org. That's B-I-L-L-M at O-R-I-O-N-C-E-N-T-E-R dot org. And be a part of Ozarks Voices. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Part of the solution. Join the lake's only community radio station, 89.3, The Key. Hello, and thank you for joining us. It is another beautiful day at the lake. We're uh, hovering right around uh, 32, 33 degrees in uh, Osage Beach. A little cold, a little windy. Uh, and folks, I got to tell you, if you haven't pulled out uh, the sweatshirts and the sweatpants and the sweaters and the jackets, and oh, by the way, you know what? I will. Uh, I'll, I'll show you that here uh, at the uh, at the bottom of the hour after we uh, take some time to talk with Danny Ellison. But I got a really cool hoodie from Jr. And uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I said before, uh, if you want uh, if you want to get a little uh, exposure, two uh, X is my size. T-shirts, hoodies, whatever you want to throw at us here 
on the Daily Show. We'd love to have them. Uh, 36 and overcast today, partly cloudy and 27 tonight. 33 and partly cloudy tomorrow. 32 and partly cloudy on Saturday. 41 the high on uh, Sunday with a sunny sky. Clouds and 43 on Monday. And then mostly cloudy on Tuesday of next week and a high of 32 degrees. We're looking at teens, teens, mind you, leading up to uh, Christmas Eve and actually through Christmas Eve, 14 on Thursday of next week, 14 on Friday of next week, 17 on Christmas Eve, 26 with clouds on Christmas Day. So there you go, folks. If you're traveling around town, what you uh, what you hear about is kind of what you're going to get. And so, uh, again, just uh, keep all those little things in the back of your mind. If you are traveling, probably not a bad idea to put together a little road, road trip uh, preparedness kit and have all the necessary things in the event you encounter a breakdown or a flat tire or something. And uh, you and the family can be safe wherever you're headed because it's going to be a cold one. I guess unless you're going to hop on a plane and maybe fly south or go somewhere uh, warm like maybe, I don't know, Mexico or something like that. 9-11 is our time, and he is going to be in the studio with us next week on Tuesday of next week, the 20th of December. And that is our good friend joining us right here, right now, from somewhere in these United States, the educated redneck, Danny Ellison. Good morning, sir. Where are you? What's going on? Greetings from Cheyenne, Wyoming, where it's a balmy 12 degrees this morning, and uh, which is actually warmed up from last night. <laughs> so well, hopefully the sound of the car doesn't bother you because I've got the heaters running, I've got the car running, and I've got the temperature all the way up to 51 degrees in the van since I woke up. So, well, there you go. Uh, another chilly morning. i got to tell you, I was just talking with Professor Paisley. I told him you were coming in town next week. And he said, tell Danny, no matter what, he's sleeping inside. I said, it's not going to happen. He won't do it. He will not do it. And I said, well, you know, uh, Jim said, well, we can try. I said, you can always try like anything else. But uh, when you roll into town, we'll have a hot meal ready for you and uh, some good conversation. And we'll get you in here. And uh, I don't know if you're going to hang out with us for an hour. I know you've got uh, another commitment uh, prior to the 8 o'clock hour. So uh, maybe we'll get you in here in the 9 o'clock hour, whatever works. And looking forward to seeing you, my friend. It's been uh, it's been a, uh, a long time since we've had a chance to see you and Dillinger and hang out and talk. And uh, for folks out there listening, uh, Danny will be accessible. So uh, you can call him now when he's on ranting and raving. Or you can uh, definitely call him and see him when he's in the studio with me on uh, Tuesday the 20th. So mark that on your calendars as part of the Daily Show. What's on your mind this morning, my friend? Oh, we're trying to dig out first. Uh, we've been, Nebraska got smacked by that storm, and we lost a gig yesterday and may very well lose another gig today. Uh, every interstate's closed in Nebraska. Wow. Uh, the side roads are closed. Uh, they got I'm stuck in Cheyenne, and it's funny, if you looked at Cheyenne, you would say, well, there was no blizzard here. But I hear, uh, just like 20 or 30 miles to my east, it is pandemonium. And matter of fact, the uh, state of Wyoming, this is a little tip for you people with your uh, nav systems. Uh, we were talking about going ahead and go do the gig yesterday, and then it turns out that uh, the routes that they said were open were only county 
routes that had no maintenance, and so they weren't really open. They just nobody closed them. <laughs> and so they were sending search and rescue teams oh, out to get God. people who were following following their Google or maps and taking these roads and getting stuck, and so they had to send search and rescue teams out for them. So wow. uh, if you're playing tight, pray for the weather to open up so I don't lose any more gigs. Uh, because this has been this has been a one whale tail of a storm out here. To be quite honest with you, it's been uh, it's been amazing. But I've been sitting here watching the news, and I don't know if y'all caught that Supreme Court case that is now going to be uh, going to uh, I think they call a committee on uh, get this date in January six, twenty twenty three. Isn't that a coincidence? Uh, this little case involves uh, constitutional procedure. It doesn't involve uh, proving that there was a uh, cheat done in the election. All it has to do is uh, our electors are supposed to, within 10 days, if there is a challenge to the, tri uh, the, the um, uh, election, they are supposed to address that. And they did not, and they broke their constitutional requirements. And so if this case is taken and it is accepted and it is ruled positively, the last election was absolutely unconstitutional, and we are in a constitutional crisis, and it means a lot of crazy things will happen. So keep your eyes on that one. That's a rather interesting case that's going on right now. Again, it's not about election fraud. It's about constitutional procedures that were not followed during the last election. Now, we also have the election with Kerry Lake now that they have certified, air quotes, yet there are so many thousands of ballots that are under question, it's amazing they certified it. If you look around you, they have taken control of ma every major institution in this country. And by they, I'm talking about your progressives, and I do that as an air quote, because these people see the Constitution, which is funny. When the Democrats try to uh, take away your constitutional rights to own guns with laws, they say the Constitution was an obstacle and a problem, and they've all said it, that the changes they want to do are stopped by the Constitution. Democrats have said that. And then Donald Trump makes one mention of suspending the Constitution, and the little cattering masses come out. Oh, Trump said he gets the Constitution. Oh, Trump said he gets the Constitution. Trump said he gets the Constitution. I'm so sick of this. They have been on a witch hunt for well over six years trying to ruin this man in every way they can ruin him, and they have now turned their tide to Elon Musk, who used to be their favorite little lib because he made their little battery-operated cars so they could feel sophisticated and above the rest of you rubes who drive around in your gasoline polluting cars to get set up for the next fear game, which is global warming. And that fear game is rolling really good. As a matter of fact, there are some countries that are uh, test running, air quotes again, uh, lockdowns where you can't leave the area you live in because it destroys the environment. Folks, this is, this, I have never in my life seen these people so out in the open with what they want to do to you, and you are so complacent about it. It is spooky to me, because 
if this trial goes on and it works and now they're doing the digital currency and it works and now they want digital passports where your vaccine status is listed even though it was never tested to prevent it it has proven not to prevent it as a matter of fact it's proving to be quite deadly a matter of fact this last booster i say only two percent of america has stepped up to get it well look Maybe some people are finally waking up. We had another person, 25-year-old, I think it was UCF football player, died while jogging, folks. Start looking up died suddenly. Go to Rumble and watch died suddenly. Folks, there is, they're saying now from the data in England that if you just got one shot, if you were that person who got that, uh, that shot where you had a reaction, you know, like you lost the ability to walk or like Justin Bieber, you lost control of your face or like Bruce Willis who lost his ability to recognize people or Celine Dion who lost her ability to move or has stiff person syndrome or any list of people. Now remember, when you read the famous people, for every famous person, there's probably 50 to 100 of us unfamous people that have died and not got a mention. So it is, there is overwhelming evidence that this stuff is deadly. There is overwhelming evidence that there are side effects, yet they're going to require you to get it, even though it does not work. And you're going to stand there and let them do it. And so once they get your digital passport and they have your digital dollar, and then the new cars come out with what Joe Biden wanted in them, which is a kill switch where they can turn your vehicle off. Then when you speak out against the regime, the regime could shut off your money, shut down your car and shut down your right to travel. And you people are a hundred percent okay with this because it's for your safety. Mm, yes. Yes, it seems uh, that you, you, I don't know if you were listening last hour, but we talked about history and how through history the government has put in place its, uh, its campaign to promote certain things and censor other things. And, uh, of course, uh, one of those things we discussed in detail was, uh, was, was, was war and how certain uh, Professor Paisley had told us back in World War One, they did not allow journalists to cover the war at all. Now, in World War II, of course, everything was great, everything was wonderful, the Allies were moving forward. Uh, you know, they'd run into uh, maybe a little resistance, but they were always able to overcome, and that was, uh, again, to keep the uh, war effort at home fresh in people's minds to ration and to uh, help out and to donate blood and things along those lines. Uh, jump ahead to Vietnam, where they started embedding journalists with the troops, and that's when the government, uh, as far as the wheels came off the wagon, where, you know, that's when uh, the troops were coming home, getting spit on, being called baby killers. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. And the government kind of lost control of Vietnam. And so then we, you know, pull out of, uh, of Vietnam. But uh, you look at how this whole thing has played out and how it continues to play out today where the government is all about utilizing the media 
to put out what they consider to be uh, what's right, and anybody who goes up against them is wrong, a conspiracy theorist, they're nuts, they're a crackpot, even educated people like doctors. And we talked about that last hour as well, that there were 75 doctors who came out against the COVID vaccine saying it wasn't uh, wasn't what it uh, was cracked up to be, and they were all banned. And so my my point in all of this is you've got two two different people and they're both you know they both decided to go to college to become doctors highly educated both let's say for example graduated uh, close to the top of their class but one is for covid and the other uh, or, or is for the covid vaccine and the other opposes the covid vaccine all of a sudden the doctor who opposes the covid vaccine is 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 banned or barred or labeled a quack or he doesn't know what he's talking about and he's just as educated and maybe even a little bit more so than the doctor who is out there uh on the front lines telling people well you need the vaccine and you need another shot and then you need a booster and everything else and so yes i think sometimes people are too easily fooled by the information they hear on the media and they don't question it and they certainly don't research it and another thing uh, uh, kind of comes to mind with that, uh, as we were we were talking earlier about this whole thing, the Second Amendment and how the government is doing such a smear campaign to make people who uh, are, are, are gun-toting, people who are uh, using uh, firearms for their personal protection, uh, for their family's protection, um, for whatever reason, uh, they're making them out to be kooks and crackpots, even though these people have stepped up in certain situations and saved people's lives through conceal and carry. And, you know, they're making uh, assault weapons seem such uh, like it's, you know. Can, can, go ahead. Can I interject here while you're talking about the Second Amendment? Absolutely. Remember this, folks. Remember this, folks. The same people that chide you for having these weapons of war, the same people who want to regulate your right to own automatic weapons are the same people that put them in gigantic boxes and ship them overseas to other countries to put in the hands of people that will eventually come back to haunt us, just like all the Stinger missiles we gave to the Taliban came back to haunt us. And these people who are so concerned with the Second Amendment and gun running and gun theft traded a gun dealer a gun dealer, the merchant of death, the number one most deadly man in the world for a basketball player. Now, they can shut all the way up about gun control because it's obvious the only gun control they're concerned about is with the citizens, and I guarantee you every person in China that is being locked down by their government, every person in Australia that was locked down by their government wished to God they had a Second Amendment. Yes, they certainly do. I think I threw a little salt on the already open wound there, Danny. But that's and, – and when we talk about things like gun violence, you know, that's another term that just really doesn't exist. It's not the gun that has anything to do with it. It's the person who handles the firearm. And, you know, now we're really uh, – we're big into uh, this whole concept of, uh, of of trying to help people with mental illness. And they drag that into the conversation with the Second Amendment as well. There are so many laws law-abiding citizens that own firearms it's not even funny and you would be uh it would you would be hard-pressed to find people that aren't 
on the uh, left, uh, Democrats, uh, liberals that don't own firearms for one reason or another. It may not just be for personal protection. It might be for sport. It might be for hunting, whatever. And so you've got people that are advocating against uh, you, uh, me, other people having firearms and utilizing them for whatever reason we choose. And they're basically hypocrites because they themselves like to get out and uh, and have that freedom. And then you look at the crime rate, uh, and, and one city keeps coming to mind over and over and over and over because we always hear about it on Mondays and Tuesdays. Everything that takes place in the city of Chicago. And the mayor there, Lori Lightfoot, has done a horrible job by taking away people's Second Amendment rights and allowing the criminals, because criminals don't care, folks. They don't follow the law. That's why they're criminals. Uh, and these people are continuing. I, I, I mean, one of the things that they talk about now is people are actually, before they go out of their homes, to say, walk down to the corner store. They're making sure that there's no one on the street between the house and the corner store that may try to stop them and rob them because that is going on at such a, a an amazing rate. So, uh, again, I run out I run out of steam sometimes when I start talking about this because it just it, it, it is it wears me out. However. Back to your original topic, sir, and, and, and what you were talking about, because I think it all kind of melds together with the discussion we had and, and how coincidentally it is that we uh, talked about uh, the censorship and how things uh, are being promoted through the government and uh, now what you're addressing here this morning. Well, add on to that, uh, while we're talking about the uh, government and being in bed with the media, uh, Twitter it has now been discovered as they've dug into it even more now that Elon Musk is shedding more light that all of the top executives at Twitter's were former intelligence officers and counterintelligence officers and your, your CIA spooks who handle uh, all your stuff where you use the press to push a narrative. And all of this is coming out because Elon bought Twitter. There's a reason they've turned on Elon. There's a reason they've turned on Trump. Both of them are trying to shed light on the absolute corruption that is what we are witnessing right now. We are having kangaroo trials. We have kangaroo courts. We have rights being taken away. We have them tightening the noose on being able to track you. We have a government that again announced it lost $2 trillion, insisting that your $600 transactions be, tr uh, be traced, where it would probably take about 3,000 years of $600 transactions to equal what they have lost in one year. Yet we must be show receipts for a buck fifty expenditure, but they don't have to show receipts when they send another 20 some billion dollars over to Ukraine and they sent more money to China. We're sending billions outside this country while we're over $130 trillion in debt. Folks, this will not end well unless you speak up and you stand your ground and the next election, election air quotes, if there's another Democrat landslide, you can kiss her all goodbye, folks, because they are going to control every step of your life 
every inch of your life and they're going to monitor you digitally and there's nowhere to hide and then if you speak out against him and dare use your free speech which is directly under attack you will be shut down you will lose your social credits you will lose your money you will lose your right to travel and you will bow down to the almighty government if you don't stand up right now danny ellison the educated redneck stop making sense i tell him that all the time and the next time you make sense, we hope to have you right here in the studio with us, Danny. Barring uh, any events from Mother Nature like uh, weather or uh, who knows. But uh, looking forward to seeing you, my friend. And we've got a spot all picked out for you and ready to go when you roll in. And uh, you and I will be in touch uh, here shortly to get everything all taken care of. So, as always, thank you. Stay safe. Stay warm. You and Dillinger, uh, I'm sure, are, are, are probably enjoying the warmth. What is it, 52, 53 degrees in there now? Oh, now we've got it all the way up to 63. I've got my tent heaters on full blast, and, boy, they really bring the temperature up here. You're probably, sit- <laughs> you're probably sitting there in shorts and a Speedo. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. I meant, I, meant, I meant a tank top and a Speedo. Uh, but either way. You guys be safe, and we look forward to you guys uh, coming through. And thank you so much. Uh, certainly appreciate everything that you do for us. And uh, it's it's just going to be great to see you in, uh, in person, my friend. Well, we will make that attempt. Uh, the weather will be with us. We have a drive, and we're going to try to make it. And uh, I want to be home for Christmas, and so I'm not going. I don't want to be stuck out in the highway. It's not fun. And I always appreciate getting the rant and rave with y'all. And you have a wonderful day on that beautiful lake you live on. That is the educated redneck Danny Ellison. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to uh, to talk with him, and I hope you folks listen closely to what it is he is talking about because he's not a conspiracy theorist. He's uh, not far-fetched in what he is discussing. He's uh, just kind of putting it out there. And, and I guess for most people, as is the case, you decide. You decide whether or not you think he's on to something or you think he's crazy. Don't let somebody do it for you. 9.31, we will take our final information break here at the bottom of the hour. Stacy Johnson with a check of local news from lakeexpo.com. And Chris Schneider with Lake TV. He's got a check of sports for us. We'll come back and spend some time together talking about uh, any number of things. Got a couple events uh, I want to update you on and also uh, maybe hear from you this morning. Feel free. Uh, put it in your phone as a uh, contact number at 573 5395. It is the Daily Show. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, December 15th. Lake Ozark Police Chief Gary Launderville is retiring. His last day on the job will be December 30th. The community is invited to help send the chief off with a retirement party Tuesday, December 20th between 2.30 and 4. It's going to be at City Hall. There will be a special presentation at 3 o'clock. The city has not hired a new chief at this time. However, Mayor Dennis Newberry says they have received applications from several qualified candidates. A well-known powerboat racer pleads guilty in $300 million magazine fraud scheme. Rusty Ram entered a guilty plea last week on federal charges of conspiracy to commit mail fraud. Federal prosecutors say Ram was the ringleader in a conspiracy that involved 60 defendants and defrauded about 150,000 people over 
about $300 million, many of them elderly, and the scheme took place over 20 years. In the plea agreement, Ram agreed to forfeit more than $100,000 seized from multiple account and cash as well as real estate. The charges against him carry a penalty of up to 30 years in prison. A sentencing date has not yet been set. School of the Osage staff raised just over $5,000 for the Lake Area Idiots Club. The staff baked, built, and worked with local businesses to secure items and donations for the fundraiser. The Idiots Club, also known as the Jesters of Goodwill, is dedicated to helping area youth in need in the area. Well, this has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Two fun events benefiting the Osage Beach Senior Center at 5709A Osage Beach Parkway. German feast with brats and pulled pork and red cabbage and a holiday market from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. December 14th. Then on December 20th, same hours, a Christmas lunch and bake sale with door prizes, ugly sweater contest, Christmas music, and fun. Suggested donation for lunch both days, $5 for seniors and $7 under age 60. Show the Senior Center some love and enjoy the holiday spirit. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. The first game of the year on Lake TV tonight, high school basketball for sales at home to Smith Cotton. COMC pregame show comes your way right around 8 o'clock tonight again for sales at home to Smith Cotton next Monday night's game. Osage and Camdenton, the annual on-court rivalry between the Indians and the Lakers. That's all on Lake TV. College basketball Saturday, it'll be 9-1 Mizzou playing Central Florida in the Orange Bowl Classic. Of course, college football gearing up for the bowl games. College basketball having a part of that, too. MSU Bears 4-6. and six. They are busy at Oral Roberts tomorrow. The Bears trying to get their early season woes turned around. The Chiefs are 10-3 and three on the road to play Houston this week. The Chiefs coming off that ugly win over Denver, their big two-touchdown favorites to beat the Texans this weekend though. Mizzou will play their bowl game the football team next Friday against Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl of course all the bowl games starting to come fast and furious the New Year's six bowl games Orange Bowl it'll be Clemson in Tennessee, the Sugar Bowl Alabama K-State, Cotton Bowl USC Tulane and the Rose Bowl this year Penn State against Utah. Hey Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. They're all greatness, including the high school basketball coaches show. Throughout the month of December, get uh, season previews from 10 different teams, uh, local teams, right there on Lake TV. And you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, absolutely free on Roku and Amazon Fire, and streaming live all the time, 24-7, at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Thursday. You can help victims of violence while earning a 70% tax credit for donations of $100 or more. Citizens Against Domestic Violence provides safe shelter and advocacy for victims of domestic violence. Start by making a donation to CADV and they'll send you a no-obligation application describing the tax credit opportunity. 
Your giving is for an important cause serving survivors of domestic violence with shelter, legal advocacy, support groups, and more. Contact CADV at P.O. Box 245 Camdenton or email info at CADV-VOC.org or call 888-809-7233. You can make a difference. Start 2023 outright. Learn evidence-based health and wellness, conflict resolution, tools, and accomplish peace. Learn growth mindsets. Learn to take action and be accountable. Learn to grow from life's challenges. You'll hear six speakers, three virtual and three in person. You'll receive a Scrum Master eBook, Encompass Purpose 2.0 book, a gift certificate for complimentary coaching, peace fire and two fire training, be beverages and finger foods, all for $49. On January 19th, from 1 to 4.30 at Encompass Purpose in Max Creek. To reserve your spot, please call 573-286-5625 or email at encompasspurpose at gmail.com. I'm Bill Mundhausen for Creation Expo. Did God create us to have free will, or are all our choices predetermined? Are we just pawns in a cosmic game, or do our thoughts and actions matter? It's one of those questions we have regarding an all-powerful God. To answer it, I'll quote one of my favorite passages from Deuteronomy chapter 30. It reads, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you might thrive. We're not just playthings for God's entertainment. He wants us to understand the choices before us and to decide to follow him for our own well-being. The question is what believers ought to believe. The world wants to tell us we're victims, that the difficulties we face are because of how we were raised or because of our social status. These may be good excuses, but they don't help us live life to the full. God gives us infinite choices. Choose purposefully. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board, community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Right back here at 940, and guess what, folks? You have an opportunity to chime in and to talk with me this morning. If there's something on your mind, 573-633-5395. I would love to hear what's on your mind. Whether it has to do with uh, the holidays, whether it has to do with, uh, I don't know, what we've been talking about all morning, your opinions, your ideas, your thoughts matter here on Community Radio at 573-633-5395. couple of things. Tomorrow is the last day for Candyland with the uh, Lake Ozark Rotary Club. They've got the trees at Nick's True Value Hardware just down the road from us on KK. Uh, again, if you stop in uh, today or tomorrow, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I thought Chris Coulter had posted something that uh, gentleman uh, had stopped in with his uh, wife and his uh, youngin, and they took all the candy canes. So there may not be any candy canes left, but you can always stop in and ask. Take a look around over there at Nick's True Value Hardware. Also, uh, of course, the uh, caroling that's going on, spreading Christmas cheer around the lake, that's going to be on Saturday. The caravan will leave Big Surf at... uh, 
9.30 and traveled around the lake, stopping at assistant care facilities and uh, giving those folks some Christmas cheer, singing Christmas carols for the uh, residents as well as the caregivers that take care of them. And that'll be fun. You'll get some lunch in there as well when they go through Lori. We had Darren Kime on uh, last week to talk about that, and he'll be preparing lunch at uh, his wife's State Farm Insurance uh, Agency uh, building. Stop there along the way, and you get some good lunch. And, of course, uh, feel good about getting out and spreading some love and some cheer and, and whatever it is you want to do there. So keep that in mind. And you don't have to go for the entire thing. If you've got something that uh, you've got to do or you want to do, uh, you can uh, join in early or you can uh, pick it up along the way, uh, whatever you'd like to do. And I, uh, we're going to try and get out there on Saturday, but we've got some, uh, some things that uh, we've got to do and take care of. So we might try to pick it up, as I said, along the way. They'll leave Big Surf, head through Camberton up five, uh, and then I guess uh, through Eldon and then back into Osage Beach. And they've got a lot of stops along the way. They'd love to have you on board. And you can uh, help spread that Christmas cheer. Spreading Christmas cheer, circling the lake with Christmas cheer is what they're talking about doing this Saturday. So uh, just make it happen, folks. And thanks to everybody who's out there doing things for uh, people around the lake during this time of year because I'm sure that they certainly appreciate it. 943, we've got a caller on the line. And caller, good morning. You are on The Daily Show. What's on your mind? And good morning to you and all your listeners. Uh, did you get a chance to glance at that uh, link I sent you to the poll that says 96% of the people of America think the Biden administration is destroying the country on purpose? I didn't get a chance to look at that because if I pull that up, that it takes uh, takes our camera down. So uh, okay. I, I was going to look at okay. it after the fact, but uh, certainly... Uh, yeah. Feel free to, to discuss it right now. We've got uh, we've got some time for you. Okay. Uh, while I sent that, I had uh, Maria Bartiromo's morning program on right. with people who I really enjoy, Dagan McDowell and the bunch, and uh, I continue to hear her say, "Why is the Biden administration doing this?" You know, uh, almost every conservative person that shows up on any of the talk radio programs or the conservative television networks keeps asking the question, you know, why is the president doing this? And, uh, you know, I concluded a long time ago that they're destroying the country on purpose. And I find it really interesting that no one is able to come to that conclusion themselves, or perhaps their management doesn't allow them to say such things. What What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I think they're doing it in such a way where they're, it, it's like uh, I was watching a program on the National Geographic uh, channel last night. It's called To Catch a Smuggler. And what these yeah. what these smugglers who are smuggling drugs into the United States do is they probe the various areas where customs is set up, and they'll send in maybe uh, like last night uh, they were sending in packages from Mexico. Now 
one of the things they sent in were these these apples. And so they had a drug dog sniff the box, and the drug dog, uh, these apples are packed in jars that are closed, and they're packed in, in honey, like a preservative-type substance. But the dog was able to still pick something up. So they open up the box, and they open up the jar, and they found these little apples. And there were only like maybe six or seven of them in a, uh, in a jar, and inside, they tested them with the uh, apparatus that they have, and I think they tested positive for uh, fentanyl or hair. Oh, there was heroin, I believe. And what they're doing is they're probing. They're just probing. They're, they're trying to find the weak points in the system. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing now because as we roll through, there's a much bigger picture. What you see on the surface is not what's really going on underneath. And, and, and I say that based on a lot of things that we saw. COVID was a good example of that because first it was, okay, we're going to tell people that masks aren't necessary, but you might want to wear one just in case and see how that goes over. Then we're going to mandate masks in a lot of places. And then certainly a lot of businesses jumped on. Even though you go into a restaurant and you sit down to eat, with you walk in with your mask on, but you're able to take it off and eat, and there's no consequence that comes from that, and, and certain other things. So I, I would almost say that, uh, again, much like government has done, not just with the Biden administration, but, but throughout the years, they probe before they actually implement things. And, of course, you have things like executive order, which any president can sign. You heard uh, Professor Paisley talk about that last hour. So I think there's a probing a probing process or a litmus test of sorts that they go through and they, they, they pull all that information back and they review it and they research it. And then they know exactly how to come at us with whatever it is that uh, they're trying to pass through, whether it's the second amendment, whether it's a COVID vaccine. Uh, and, and, and then of course, as we've seen in uh, geez, years past, even, you know, as, as, as uh, soon as probably today, People who debunk the claims or people who don't buy into what it is they're selling, well, they, you know, find ways to label them or discredit them. And and so I think, you know, and, and a good case in point is what Danny Ellison had said about, you know, uh, electric uh, or electric, uh, you know, your, your currency is, is all you don't actually physically have anything to, to hold in hand. And, and, and the cars where uh, they have the ability to shut these cars down and they would say, you know, it's, it's a safety feature or, uh, you know, somebody steals your car or, or, or something along those lines. So what we look at and what we hear as being things that are safe and being done under the guise of safety are really things that are being done, much like the Patriot Act after 9-11, uh, now they're using that on people in this country, and and essentially, what we what did we put that together for to prevent things that occurred uh, like they occurred on nine eleven, uh, but now we're using it on citizens of this country to tap their phones and find out what they're talking about. Heck, they're probably even monitoring this broadcast, and there's so many different directions that we can go with this thing. But I would say that you know again. Why is this administration working at such a fever pitch to bring down this country? Simple, so that they can take it over and we can be the little minions that uh, do all the work. Yeah, and we can all be taught to uh, scream out, long live big brother, long live big brother. 
Or, or like Bill Ayers said back in 71, when he takes over, that he, he knows that there'll be 25 million Americans that he'll just have to summarily execute because they that we won't make it through their re-education camps. Now, that was 12% of the population at the time, mm-hmm. and 12% right now is 40 million people. And who is the mentor behind most of what's going on today in our government that's so bad? Yeah. Well, the schools, the schools, for example. Sure. You know, he was involved since uh, 2008. They made him the head of curriculum for teachers in the American, let's see if I can remember it, American Association of, of you know, blah, 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 education. Mm-hmm. Uh Wonderful, wonderful that people like that have been in charge, and people wonder why now our schools are in such a mess. You know, it's the deliberate efforts to destroy this country. Well, like and people th- ought to yeah. be saying that. They ought to be saying that it's being done on purpose rather than, oh, gee, they're stupid. They're, you know, the, the administration is stupid. Well, I, I ask the question all the time, who are the stupid ones in the situation we find ourselves now? Well, it's a, a matter of conditioning people, and that's what is being done. You condition people because now you have more people on welfare than uh, actually people who pay taxes. And so, uh, yeah. and, and an interesting point, we talked about Social Security with Bill LaCasse earlier in the week, and one of the comments made was, why is Social Security going down while we continue to fund welfare? I mean, I don't understand. If you don't have the money... Why is it that you keep putting into putting it into one program, but taking it away from people who have worked, and 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 now you're looking at these people as more of a burden than anything else? And so, um, it, it's a form of conditioning, like anything else. More people believe, and so you, and this is just my thought process. You put something out there, and it could be based on anything. You see who agrees, you see who disagrees, and you find a mm-hmm. way to go after the people who disagree. And that could be, uh, oh, you get maybe a little letter uh, from the IRS that says, oh, by the way, we're going to be auditing you for the last 10 years, and if everything doesn't come up squeaky clean, <laughs> guess what? Or, uh, you know, uh, like uh, they said with the cars, you know, or, or, or more importantly, your bank account. Remember what happened over in Greece when uh, yeah. the bottom dropped out? Those people were only able to go to their ATMs, ATMs rather, and take out $69, $69, uh, I don't know if it was total or a day or whatever, but you know, you've got a couple thousand or more in the bank and you need that money to pay bills or get food or do whatever, and you're only allowed to take out about 70 bucks? Come on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have another minute, by the way? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Regarding Social Security, uh, in 1964, on my college campus, I was working for the Barry Goldwater election against Lyndon Johnson. And uh, the Social Security was one of the topics of their debates. And I knew Barry Goldwater's position like the back of my hand, and I was shocked at the way the, uh, the news media mis- mischaracterized everything Goldwater said. Right. But what he said in the debate was that back in the 30s when they created Social Security, 
the, uh, the, the longevity of, of the humans in America was so many years, and the birth rate was way up here. But all that has changed now up till 64, that people are having fewer children and they're living longer, which upsets the actuarial data that they used to establish Social Security in the first place. But Lyndon Johnson said, if we take the funds out of Social Security and spend it on a war on poverty and spend it on the Vietnam War, it'll bring along such prosperity to the nation that uh, that prosperity times the tax rate will be able to repay the Social Security count. Goldwater said that would never happen. Well, who was right? Mm -hmm. Goldwater was. Yes, was. And then they decided to, well, let's give the Social Security count to this crippled person over here, and let's give the Social Security money to this immigrant over here, and let's give the Social Security money. It was supposed to be exclusively for the depositors, but they ripped us off, mm -hmm. and there's only IOU in that account, and they want us to put more money into the Social Security account, and they want to put more want us to put more money into uh, the general fund so they can loot that too, so they can loot that in addition to what these uh, representatives have also ripped off. And why should we pay them a single dime in retirement funds, no matter how long they've been in there, when they're constitutional fiduciary responsibility was to look out for the, uh, the, the, you know, the, uh, the solvency of the American government. All you have to do is look at usdebtclock.org right. and see what an absolute failure our elected representatives are, and we should at least not pay them any retirement and maybe at best take away all their personal assets and put them in prison. Thank you for your phone call, sir. I appreciate uh, hearing from you this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have, take care, bud. Have a good day. Makes sense. Makes sense. I, you know, I, I almost want to say that things are done, things are created with good intentions in mind. But it would seem to me that at some point, much like with Social Security, the groundwork has been laid so that while we're all hopping and skipping and jumping, thinking that, you know, uh, once we hit a certain age, we're going to get a check from the government, someone finds a way, as the caller described, to, well, you know, we have to, you know, uh, look at what they're talking about, how what uh, Congress has okayed uh, what's necessary to keep the government going, but only for a week. The government might shut down. And, and we start hearing that conversation. And it seems like with everything that's going on in the country today, everything that's going on in the world today, we can keep our government afloat no matter what happens. It's like we should be on our knees blessing these people and thanking these people for keeping the government going. And people say, well, you know, if you shut this down, that's going to happen. If you shut that down, I don't ever think that the government would completely and totally shut down because you obviously for an, any number of reasons, you can't do that. So again, they use the media hype to scare people. Well, uh, they're, you know, stealing money, uh, from Peter to pay Paul and, Oh boy, we averted a crisis and they'll tell you how close we came to a government shutdown. Some people will say, well, 
let them shut it down. Shut it down. Go find the switch, throw the switch, and shut government down. Well, then this would be affected and that would be affected. But do you see exactly how that works? Do you see that we've allowed it to grow into such a a leviathan that if we shut it down, well, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. And if we don't have money for this program, and we don't have money for these people, they could freeze to death, or they could starve to death. Uh, You know, folks, we have veterans, people that have served this country, that are homeless. What real need, what real, I, I, I shouldn't say need, what, what's really being done for those people? Are, are we out there beating the bushes to find these people on the streets and say, you know, you served this country. You deserve better. And we want to make sure that you have something better. Well, maybe in some cases, maybe, uh, you know, you're out one day and you see somebody on the street corner and they're in Uh, tattered clothing, and they don't look like they've uh, maybe shaved or had a bath for a while. And you get talking to that person, and you find out the backstory. And so you, as an individual, want to do something to help that person. Well, it's very fortunate that, uh, you know, maybe the two of you came together. Maybe it was supposed to be that way. Maybe, you know, for whatever reason. But are we taking an active role of going out and finding these men and women who are on the streets, and, 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 and I guess homeless people in general, We have a huge homelessness problem. What are we doing about it? Well, uh, you know, we're more worried about, you know, things that, oh, the government might shut down. Oh, goodness. And so they kick the can down the road. And why do they kick the can down the road? Just so they can bring this all back around yet again. And we buy into it. And we fall for it. Uh, Some people do. Not everyone does. But, um, yeah, it's just like Jim says, do not reelect any incumbent one and done we could have the whole senate and house turned over and new within six years time in office corrupts even the best person and and you know the argument against that is once you get people in that position once you get people there uh to run the show we need to leave them there for a while uh so that things get done because when you bring in a whole new crop of people uh they have to relearn the process and maybe that's true to some extent However, the message that needs to be sent is when you go there, you have a job, and that's represent the people and your constituents. You're not in charge. Folks, have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. Back in your ears tomorrow at 9 a.m.